0: Hello and welcome to the latest Science of Sport podcast. I'm your host Matt Solomon and today I'm delighted to be joined by Jamie McKay. So Jamie is a strength and conditioning coach at Malmö FF, a football team in Sweden, but he's responsible for the return to play of players to make sure that they're coming back in optimal physical condition. So who better today to discuss return to play on the field than Jamie? So without further ado, it's time to welcome him onto the show. So Jamie, welcome to the Science of Sport podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you, Matt. It's good to be here. Thank you very much for joining us. So can you give us a quick introduction as to who you are and what you've been up to until now? Uh, so I'm a
1: strength and conditioning coach uh, working at Malmö FF in uh, Sweden. Uh, been here for almost six and a half, seven years now. Um, started off as an intern and then the, the role kind of gradually grew into a, a full-time position. And uh, now my, my kind of current responsibilities are rehabbing the players, back into uh kind of getting them back into full team training um so it's kind of that bridge between the uh the physios having them and then uh the uh the coaches getting them back
0: Um, so obviously that's what we're going to discuss today right so that makes you an absolutely perfect person to to go through that so like when we when we've got an injured player obviously i don't know acl ankle injury whatever it might be you got someone injured like, What do we mean by return to play? Because obviously there's loads of different terminology. It can be like return to fitness, return to the field, return to the gym. What do we mean by return to play? So return to play is kind of the period
1: after they've been injured that they can return to playing their sport. And when I say play in that, their sport, I mean in some capacity. So it's depending on the injury. It's going to depend on the duration of that, that phase. Um, but that's, that's kind of the period where we're, we're getting them back outside, we're getting them a ball at their feet, getting them, uh, yeah, kind of a little bit more excited about the rehab. Cause it is, uh, it is a, a tough journey for them a lot of the times. And, and normally those first few sessions, uh, uh, back on the pitch for them is, is like, they see the light at the end of the tunnel. They know, uh, they're almost there. They can see the, the rest of the team training. So it's, it's normally quite a nice, uh, period for them being uh, being able to get back outside boots on and
0: uh start playing football which is which is what they love to do and what's the what's the goal of that so obviously you want to you want to bring them back and to play football right but like what's the goal of this this training phase exactly so obviously the main goal is to get them back
1: into to team training and then get them available for for selection for the coaches um but within that we've kind of got the goal of getting them moving well, getting them comfortable doing the actions that they need to do, whether that's max speed, change of directions, um, f- aggressive finishing, those kind of things, getting them c- comfortable and confident in their in their own head that they can do them. And then the other side is, obviously this depends on the duration of the, uh, the injury, how long they've been out, Is is the conditioning side. So can we get them fit enough to, be able to participate in small-sided games or especially for getting them back for match fitness is uh is the next stage but we we kind of work with those two uh two main goals really
0: and why is that then important why is it important that we do that instead of just like rushing them back in and, and getting them into to those games immediately and yeah then put them on the pitch yeah i mean
1: the big the big thing is is risk of re injury. So we know that once an athlete has had an injury, then the risk of it happening again is much higher. Or potentially them getting injured elsewhere if we're we're seeing some kind of compensation patterns or or anything like that. So that that phase is is kind of an opportunity for us to yeah, get them moving well, get them confident and get them fit. And get them ready to perform at the the level they need to perform at for whether it's training, small sided games. We know how intense they are in uh, as a training stimulus anyway. And then of course the coach doesn't want us sending players back in who, yeah, they're they're ready to play but they're not fit enough. So it's uh, it's kind of that that balance between what they can do and then how much of it they can do as well.
0: So obviously there's the stages to this, right? It's not just that we go, right, you've got an ACL injury, uh, go out for a run and we'll, we'll throw you back in and we'll see what happens. So like before they get onto that pitch stage, obviously the, the pitch stage is the stuff that we're going to go into, but before we get onto that, what what's the process like? Because it can't just be injury and then run about on the pitch.
1: No, so initially, of course, they're with the the physios for however long
0: they need to be, and that's going
1: to be depending on on what injury it is. Um and then there's this kind of gray area in between where they're getting to the end stage of the physio work and then we can start to add in some some extra stuff whether it's strength or power work or or even some uh conditioning treadmill or off feet if we if we need to be um and and that phase is kind of almost can we maintain some fitness can we get some strength gains or power gains uh, elsewhere um so it's yeah, it's kind of almost a preparatory phase to get them ready to handle the demands of the
0: RTP process being back out on the pitch. And like what what kind of systems are in place to make sure that they recover fully then and then make sure that they're they're getting that preparatory phase? Like how do they how do you then make that work as a team? Is there is there like a, a framework that you have with the physios or is it kind of like Um, meetings and discussions per person how does that look
1: for us it's it's normally daily meetings with the physios and adjusting things on the fly because we know in in football things change quite quickly and us being having that close open dialect really allows us to to go in and change things where we need to um but yeah, in terms of of uh ensuring their recovery it's all it's all kind of about The planning and how we organize their their training with the stuff they're doing with the physios with the stuff we want them to do and it's it's managing their weekly load in in that sense
0: and we're going to touch on some load management stuff in just a second but like when when they are back onto the field so you've gone gone through that process with the physios and you've gone through the gym work and you're going you know what this player they're ready to go like we can get them on the pitch now how do you bring them from zero? Which uh, let's assume they—I know you've just done a, a prep phase, but like let's assume they're zero on the pitch. How do you bring them from zero through to someone who's ready to to play in competitive games again?
1: Yeah, so this this is obviously going to depend on the injury and and how long the uh, they've been out for. So for longer longer term injuries, we're obviously going to have uh, a longer uh, return to play process. Um, but it's mainly about progressing them through whether it's technical drills, um, movement, drills, change of directions, progressing from, yeah, small angles to to bigger angles. And, and, uh, essentially the same as we progress exercises in the gym, we're going to do the same outside with, uh, yeah, technical drills, movement drills, and then, um, adding the, the conditioning in as well, and progressing through that. And then obviously, the short-term injuries it's it's a little bit different really because we they haven't been out for so long so their their fitness has probably hasn't dropped off too much so that's more of uh going to be more of a testing phase as in pushing them to so we know that they're confident doing the the things that they're going to have to do in training whether it's a max sprint or a super aggressive change of directions or things like that
0: and is there, is there kind of some kind of like framework you use to support that? How do you, what's a, what's a long-term injury, what's a short-term injury? How do you work those things out to make sure that you're not just rushing someone through the process?
1: Yeah, I mean, for the longer-term injuries, well, we follow the um, the control to chaos uh, continuum, which is uh, Matt Tabner did a, a lot of, uh, has done a lot of papers on that. Um, so we we kind of took that and adapted some things to fit our, structure and schedule and how we like to work um but that's that's what we use for for the longer term ones and then if it's if it's a short-term injury if it's yeah a week they've been out then maybe they only need one or two uh sessions before we can modify them back into to the team stuff
0: absolutely excellent and uh, when when you do that obviously They've come back onto the field and yeah, they've done some uh, gym gym work. Come back, you're going to put them through all of those different drills, those different kind of tests. How do you monitor how that process is going? Because it's very difficult to go, right, this is gym training and that was uh, like a a heavy three weeks gym and then you put them into the field and it's a completely different stimulus, obviously. Um, How do you manage that transition and how do you look at training load to make sure that players aren't doing too much too soon? So we use uh, GPS
1: devices obviously to to track their on pitch load um and this is we use the relative data based off of what they do in a game and we'll have specific targets based on how long we expect the return to play process to be that we can then kind of progress them through um yeah, and obviously within that, then you've got the the overall load throughout the week. But then we can get a little bit more specific in terms of excels, d cells, or, or high speed running, and and try and uh, manipulate the session to overload vet specific variables if we want, or underload stuff if if we need to, and and kind of adapt it that way. And we use yeah the catapult live system so we can. Change stuff on the fly if we need to. If accelerations are too high, maybe we we cut the uh drill short and just do some extra running to get to get some extra distance in, or or whatever it is the the goals of the session on that day.
0: And how, how does that work in in real life? Because obviously you can't just bury your head on a laptop, right? Like you have to you have to be with the player as well. So, have you got someone who's who's helping out with that, or are you like just on an iPad quickly have a look at it and, and come back, or how how does that work?
1: We do. So if if I'm with uh working with a player we'll have um the uh one of the guys will be uh, managing the um the ipad so we have uh clancy who's been working with us who's uh been the intern this year he's been mainly responsible for for um doing that and in between drills i'll just run over to him quick check where are we are for for the numbers are we where we need to be are we too high and then i can uh jump back in and adjust it on uh on the fly there but we've also created almost now a, a drill database for the RTP phase. Um so I can almost predict where we're gonna be at based on the drills that, that I've selected and then we obviously manipulate the durations around around that and and kind of yeah can
0: predict where we're where we're gonna end up or where we need to be. Can you give some examples of that? Because it sounds really interesting, right? Like you got uh, you got building blocks to to build up exactly where you wanna be in, in whichever phase you might be. So can you give us some examples of what a, a drill might be and some, some data you might see from that?
1: Yeah, so um, if we're, so we'll split up the sessions into intensive, extensive, or mixed. So an intensive session is gonna be very heavy on D decels, probably a lower total distance. Extensive might be a little bit more volume. Uh, and then a mixed session is gonna be Kind of a combination of both really but for example on an extensive day maybe we're looking at um some some dribble tracks where we're kind of working three minutes on 90 seconds off trying to get some aerobic uh stimulus in and i can kind of gauge that three minutes work is going to be around 500 meters so based on however much stuff we've done before um whether it's the more technical stuff, then we'll use that as the the conditioning stimulus. And I can then say, okay, if they're already at 4K and we want 6K, we'll do four reps, because I know it's going to be around uh, 500 meters. The difficulty comes with the the intensive stuff when it's, um, yeah, more Axel D cell focused, and we're we're working those shorter durations. And you have two different players who work at very different intensities. So one may end up getting, 50, 60 axles, D cells from, from that block of work. And then the other one might be at, at 20 axles, D cells. So then it, it kind of comes down to understanding the player themselves and are they someone that pushes themselves a bit more or do they tend to take it a little bit more easy? Um, so then if it is, then we can top them up with whether it's more directional tempos. And I'm open with them and I'll explain like we haven't got the axles, D cells we needed. So we're doing some extra. and
0: most of the time How do they Then then they're, put, to the in. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're yeah.
1: put the <laughs> in. Quick they're quick like, in. yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Brilliant. I've got to do extra.
0: <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> do they do, do they know that on the front end as well? So if you're like, right, this is the plan for today. Um and they know, oh, you know what? If I if I half ass that drill then I'm going to be getting uh, I'm going get to extra extra 15 minutes or whatever at the end.
1: Yeah, this is something that I've changed over the years I've been working. Now I'm super open with them and I'll I'll be like, look, we we aiming for 5k today. Once we hit that, we're done. So they, they know that, okay, they're going to push themselves a little bit harder because I'm going to, I'm going to cut the session at, at 5k once we've hit our, our targets for that day. Um, and it, that helps with buying as well. Then you get a, a bit more effort throughout the session, which is obviously what we want.
0: I can imagine it's really good as a player that you can sit there before the session and you're like, I mean, not all players want to do it and not all players, they might not be interested, might not understand everything that's going on, but you can sit there and be like, look, this is what we want today. This is the reason that we're doing it. And when you do enough, I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to do three hours of work with you. You don't have to to absolutely die on the pitch today. But like, if you work hard, this is what we're going to do. I imagine that for them is is really good as well, right? It, it helps them understand the process. It helps them understand why they're doing things, what the goal is for the day. exactly. Exactly. And it- it does
1: help when it's a longer term rehab because they know they're going to be with me for four or six weeks longer, probably with the the indoor stuff as well, so yeah. it can kind of build that relationship with them and and yeah almost in, encourage them to be part of the the planning process and uh and it also helps with them with the the psychological side of things that they can kind of feel involved with the
0: the program in a way
1: so it's um that's helped helped massively.
0: Absolutely. Excellent. And so to, to like bring all of this together. I'm, I'm interested to hear how you take someone from uh, like first day on the pitch all the way through to getting them back into practice on, onto the pitch, ready to, to perform. So can you walk us through what that process might look like? It can be an injury, whatever injury you want, but like just to go through those different stages and some different examples of what a session or a drill might look like when you're trying to achieve those goals. Yeah. So, um,
1: yeah, I've had the, the- blessing or or whether it's a blessing or a curse but we've had a few ACLs in the last uh few years um so I've I think I've done six or so in the last two years not all our players some of the players have come back from loan with injured so it's um yeah anyway ACL we'll go with that because that's quite a common one in football of course and it's it's a long-term um injury but like I said earlier we use the, the control to chaos, um, continuum. Um, so we take that into eight stages. So you've got the first stage is going to be high control. Um, so this is first day back on the pitch. It's, it's more about, um, keeping everything low. it's the first session with the boots on. So it's, it's just about getting them moving again, getting them some touches on the ball, building their confidence around the uh, being back outside. And then from there, we'll move into moderate chaos, uh, moderate control, sorry, um, which is going to be introducing some change directions, some high speed running, building volume a little bit through the, through the sessions, trying to maybe keep the intensity still quite low. Um, but we're almost, yeah, reducing the control uh, a little bit there. And that's where maybe we add in some, some more technical drills, whether it's more passing or, or some low intensity finishing and, um, and those kind of things uh phase three is going to be uh control to chaos so this is where we're starting to get a little bit more intense we're going to progress the volumes of of what we're doing whether it's access decels or high speed running or total distance um, and potentially we're looking at overloading some specific demands here um based on on what they need uh the moderate chaos phase this is where we start to get a little bit more yeah position specific and and kind of following a, a a normal weekly schedule that the the team would be on so whether that's intensive days and extensive days or mixed days and and trying to match what the the team are, are kind of getting from from their training and then um the fifth phase will be high chaos so that is Overload sessions trying to push them for um to get the max values that they'll they'll be getting from a week with training, so for us that's maybe yeah maybe three times a game. um for distance has to be running excels d cells, so that's kind of our big big overload week and um yeah, it's almost preparing them for the the worst case scenario that they might face when they go back into team training or or into matches. Then it starts to get a little bit more fun for them because the next phase is they're in training and we'll modify them in. Um, so the first phase will be non contact. So they're in warm ups, passing drills, rondos. Maybe they're a joker in the possession or a wall player in the possession. And then they can be in the tactical stuff as well. And that's quite nice because it almost acts as a, a deload for us in terms of volume because we know their their training load's not going to be as much. Um, but the we found the cognitive side of things is way overloaded because going from working one-to-one with me to going and working with 20 other players around you is a massive difference. So after those sessions, despite them being very low volume, they're always saying, oh, I'm so tired after being out uh, in, in them because it's it's almost a whole different stimulus of of, uh, of playing with... A team versus just one to one training with me, um, and then they'll move into to full contact stuff. So that yeah, maybe in a, is a, a player in a possession or progressing that that side of things, and then we can pro- progress the volume of, of how much they do there, and we'll top up stuff where necessary. And then the last phase will be full full training where they're in the small sided games and as as they would be. Uh, they're a normal training player and and we'll try and keep them there for maybe two or three weeks before we say okay they're available for for selection for the squad um but yeah i mean throughout all phases we'll we'll try and use those extensive intensive and mixed sessions just to yeah stimulate different um or, or, or overload different areas of 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 kind of what we're we're looking for based off based off the injury and and based off Position and, and where we kind of need them need them to be at really, um yeah. So it's it's kind of a a big process of managing training load and managing the drills they're doing and ensuring that they're comfortable progressing from each phase to each phase. And that's normally not the hard part because they're they're always pushing to do more. And I'm almost holding the reins a little bit sometimes. Is trying to. Tell them that it's yeah, it's all part of the process. We're working towards that, but we have to we have to start here, and we'll
0: we'll get there eventually. I can imagine that's that's really difficult when you've got uh, someone in an ACL with nine months, whatever, twelve months, and they're they're chomping at the bit to go, and they're feeling good, and you're like, eh, you know what, you're at eight months. We need to, to slow cook it a little bit longer.
1: Exactly, and of course, as soon as they get out on the pitch, they're pinging balls about everywhere, and I'm I'm there screaming <laughs> like, no, no, <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: we're not there yet. <laughs> Yeah, right. I think that's uh, that's a universal problem. There's probably a lot of people listening to this now who are going, "Yeah, I've been there. Like yeah. having to having to just bring them back in again and be like, No, I'm, like yeah. you need to you need to just relax a little bit. You'll get there, but not yet.'"
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. But it's uh, it's good. I mean, I love I love that the, the whole RTP phase and and getting them back to doing what they love because it's 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 great to see when you've had someone for that for that long and then you see them back starting a game or, or playing uh, on the pitch again, and it's it's such a rewarding uh, experience for me. I, I find so. Oh, I can imagine. Really right. doing can imagine.
0: Um, excellent stuff. So, Jamie, massive thanks for your time and effort on today's podcast. Where can people find a little bit more about you and what you're up to? Uh, so, for me, I'm probably
1: most active on Instagram, uh, and that's at Jamie Mackay underscore sc um so of course if anyone wants to reach out and talk about the, the rtp process or and how i do things then uh more than welcome to to have a chat on there
0: brilliant so jamie massive thanks it's been a pleasure and i look forward to speaking again soon thank you very much matt cheers buddy Bye. and that's it once again a massive thanks to jamie for all of his hard work on today's podcast i really appreciate it i'm sure you do i home too before you leave, I'm going to point you in the direction of the Science Sport Coach Academy. Now, the Coach Academy is an overgrowing library of sports science courses which are broken down into like-sized channels. So if you've enjoyed today's podcast and you want to get some more great sports science information, what you have to do is hit the link in the show notes and you can get into the Coach Academy completely for free for the next seven days. So hit that link in just a few seconds' time. And of course, if you have enjoyed today's podcast, it would be fantastic if you could recommend us to a coach, a colleague, an athlete or a friend. It means that we can keep bringing the best possible guests and the best possible content. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks from me and Matt Solomon for science support. And I'll speak to you next week.